Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. So I'm going to name something and then want you to uh, kind of share with me what goes along with it. Okay, and so I'm old, and so you know some of you will connect with these things. Others are be like that doesn't I don't know who that is. Okay, but I'll give you the first and, and then you give me what comes after that. Okay, so rice and beans, bacon and eggs. All right, Tom and Jerry. Very good. Now let's make it a little harder. Starsky and Hush. All right, good. Um, chips and dip or salsa. Okay. Fish and heart and hmm. even my wife. Uh, my wife got this one. Beavis and I was surprised my wife got that one. Ball and all right. That's not my wife, but that's the saying out there. And so what we see is a lot of these connections. Lone Ranger and? Laverne and? Batman and? See, you can't have one without the other. They just go together. There's this connection that's made. And what happens, you see, in the baptism of Jesus, in order to fulfill all righteousness, is there's a connection. He stands in for us. He's our substitute. He goes with us to do what we are unable to do on our own. Romans 8 verse 3 says that for us. So when he's baptized to fulfill all righteousness, I want you to start seeing that there's this connection that's really important for us to live. Okay? So in order to fulfill all righteousness, well, how is Jesus' baptism in any way helping to fulfill all righteousness? Well, John was, you see, baptizing for the forgiveness of sins. He was baptizing a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. What is it that we desperately need each and every day? Forgiveness of sins, to be made right in our relationship with God so that we might walk clean, forgiven, new in Christ every single day. And so what everybody else was doing was coming to John with repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus shows up. How many sins does Jesus have to repent of? None. So he comes, and the one word that you just sang, I think in the last verse of the song, is so very important. He comes to join with all people of all time and all places, to join with, to stand in our place, to be connected with us. And so he does what every one of us should do. He's baptized in our place. We're now connected with him. What's so beautiful about that is what I love to tell people at the end of the gospel reading for today, when the Father speaks, he says, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And I've told probably all of you numerous times, but it never, I never tire of saying it to you. You might tire of hearing it. When you wake up tomorrow morning or when you're going home today, I want you to remember that because of being connected with Jesus, that the Father says about you, this is my beloved one with whom I am well pleased. Now, you don't get that status by being a good person. You can't be good enough to be that. 
If you think you can, you've taken the bar of the law and made it really super low. I can jump over that. I just have to be better than Don. That's so easy. That's not really easy, okay? But that's, that's so easy, okay? All I have to do is be better than him. Oh, wait, Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Oh, you mean I shouldn't compare myself with all these other people, but instead I should look to the perfect law and then delight in the fact, in the truth, that I'm with Jesus and therefore I have a new identity. Would you just say these words with me? God the Father Father is pleased with me. For Jesus' sake. sake. Do you believe what you just said? Yes. Isn't it awesome? And the reason that that's true of you is not only that Jesus was baptized for you, but you also were baptized into the family of God. This is so important that you're baptized in the family of God. So that way, eventually, what you can do is it's not only all those other things that we just said, but if you want to finish this one off, it's me and Jesus. I know for all of you English majors, that's horrible language. I understand, okay? But it's me and Jesus. Me and Jesus. Do you walk through your day-by-day life, me and Jesus? I don't see as many smiles as I was hoping for. Do you do do that, me and Jesus? Because when I do that me and Jesus thing, then you know what happens is I live with a lot more humility and a lot more confidence. Right? Because when I live me and Jesus, and it's not, look how great I am. I'm better than Don. I'm just picking on him today. I'll spend a whole hour with him later, and he'll beat me up <laughs> later. Okay? But I don't have to compare myself with others because I'm with Jesus. Me and Jesus, as I enter into this trial and struggle and temptation and discouragement. Me and Jesus, as I enter into this time of temptation. Me and Jesus, as I enter into this joyful experience, because I won't say, look how great I am, but look how great he is. Me and Jesus. Now, if you look at it for just a moment, what does it mean that I get to walk with Jesus? Well, it says, shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? Remember hearing that when Bill read that? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? I think as good Lutherans, sometimes we forget and we put the loser sign up instead of the Lutheran sign. Does it ever occur to you that sometimes you might take your faith in Jesus and the grace that you have almost as a license to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it? I'm forgiven by Jesus. I can go do that. That's okay. He'll forgive me later. No big deal. I'll do that. It's okay. I can make those judgmental comments about other people because I'll just ask for forgiveness later. I can go onto that computer website I shouldn't go on to because I'll just ask for forgiveness later. I'll do this to that other person even though I know it's wrong because I can ask for forgiveness later. That doesn't really fit very well with me and Jesus, does it? Does that ever happen or am I just making that stuff up out of the blue? Okay, John said I'm making him out of the blue. He's a head elder, so does that make sense to you at all? Do you ever do, do you ever give yourself permission to sin? Yeah. 
And so what I want to remember is God says, by no means shall I continue in sin so that grace may increase. He actually says no. Because he says, we have died to it. Remember that Jesus came so he might be baptized in our place to take our place. When we died, we were connected to Jesus' death and his resurrection. Which means I get to live a new life. I don't have to live a new life. I get to live a new life. I get to. You get to. Which means I get to live with great joy because he's given me this new resurrected life. There's three P's I want you to know really, really well. Because of what Jesus has done through his death and resurrection, I now am set free from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and from the presence of sin one day. I know I've told you those before, but you've slept, so you might have forgotten them, forgotten just like I do once in a while. Can you repeat that again? I'm going to. We've been set free from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is? But the free gift of God is? Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, sometimes people reject Christianity because they think Christianity is just a bunch of morality. And then what happens is you, because you're so moral, you just end up judging other people. Christianity is about Christ. Just a real quick question. Is your life about Christ? Is your life about boasting in Jesus? Is your life about telling people about him? Is your life about making much of him? Is your life about the first part of the Lord's Prayer? Hallowed be thy name. I feel like I got more, way more energy than all of you put together. Are you all out there? Am I like hitting bad points? Be okay? So if we're all okay, and Jesus came so that our life might be fully found in him, connected to him, the one who has risen from the dead to give us new life, resurrected life, that means I don't have to live under the penalty of sin. How many of us go day by day still remembering all the past stuff instead of living in the present with Jesus? I've used this because my dad is, he's just, he's a precious guy. And I've shared this with you, I think, before too, but... Egad, this is just a review day. Think on it this way. When I say to my dad, Dad, you're a Lutheran, that means you're a sinner saint. And he looks at me and he says, yes, sinner. And I say, you're a saint. He says, no, I'm not. And I just like to tell my dad, even though he doesn't like it, I like to say, Dad, when you say you're not, that's not a statement of humility. You're actually calling God a liar. That's what 1 John chapter 5, verse 10 says. Because what God the Father says is anyone who is in Christ, anyone who's been baptized into Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, the new has come. He's called us new creations in his son Jesus. We are made righteous in him. We are his people. Do you ever go around disregarding what God's done? And therefore living your life with so much less joy. I've done that. Let's see, I'm 53, so I've done that for 53 years. (laughs) You know, every Sunday when I get to church, every day when I wake up, I can confess that I tend to think way too much about myself and way not enough about Jesus. And I find my identity in what I do rather than in Him. 
And it's okay. It's okay. You know what's really great? How many of us have a hard time listening to me when our little beloved sister over here is having a hard time? How many of us have a really hard time listening to Jesus when other stuff is going on? And how many of us try and listen to Jesus when the TV is on and the radio is on and everything else is happening and you're totally consumed with everything else? It's pretty hard to hear Jesus in those moments, isn't it? But God tends to provide the quiet if we'll give him the opportunity. And you get to live in the gospel. You get to live in your baptism. Set free from the penalty of sin. Set free from, free from the power of sin. Do you know what it says in Romans 6? Romans 6, go home and read that like 25 more times. And then start to read it again. Because it says that we've been delivered from the power of sin. No longer do we have to do that wrong thing. We'll struggle. Don't worry, you'll struggle. I don't even have to give you permission. But you don't have to because of the power of sin that's been defeated. You are given a new life, a resurrected life. Do you ever just sit in your home and just smile for no reason at all? I hope you smile because there's a huge reason. I'm in Christ. I've been baptized into Christ. I've been connected with Christ. And my life is now so much better than ever before. Or I can just forget about him and live miserably. It's up to you. Is Jesus glaringly absent from your life some days? The penalty of sin, the power of sin, and one day the presence of sin. You know, that song, I can only imagine, it's a great song. I can only imagine what it will be like one day when there is no sin. It's beyond my wildest imagination, and it's better than I can even think. Can you imagine? No more judgmental thoughts that come to your mind immediately. No one yelling and screaming at you. No one calling you names because they don't know how to put you in a box that they can figure out. No one detaching themselves from you because you're just too costly to spend time with. Any of those things ever happen? And you're not busy judging everyone else's look at you. I was one time playing the bass guitar. Pat and I were singing at a little church. I was playing the bass guitar, and the guy was smiling from ear to ear. And I was like, I wonder what's going on. I wonder why he's so happy. And I looked, and he pointed. And he pointed down because we only had a six-channel mixer. And my cord was just dangling down at the bottom. (laughs) And if I spent my whole life worrying about what that guy thought of me, I mean, he was having a great time. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we were set free by Jesus because we're connected to him from all the opinions? By the way, have you noticed people are kind of fickle? Up and down, depending on whether they slept or not, how much they're eating, how healthy they feel, what the attitude is they're having today. All that kind of stuff. And yet we put so much stress on what they do, how they look at us. Is it okay? Is it okay to let it go 
and to live in the freedom and the joy of Jesus. You know, lastly, when it's me and Jesus, Jesus never said, do life by yourself. So I want you also to think of this, me and you. Me and Jesus leads to me and you. Me and Jesus leads to me and you. I want to care for you. Our beloved sister who sits right there, her name is Kay. Her pain is coming back. Twinges started up. Now it's pretty much full bore again. The doctor, when she saw in California, said five to seven months of relief, it was two. Two is awesome, but two is not seven. Can you imagine if the pain starts coming back, what might, going through, might, might be going through her head? Do you think she needs you? Me and you. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. These beautiful words. If I say, David, David and? That's great. Give me a different one. David and? Bathsheba. Fantastic. That's it. Give me another one. David and? Solomon. Saul. Solomon. David and? Jonathan. Y'all did great. I'm really impressed with your Bible knowledge. That's fantastic. Okay? But listen to what Jonathan did for him. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. David is running away from Saul. He was in a place called Keilah, and they were going to turn him over to Saul. And so he gets out and he runs. And day after day, Saul is searching for David. But God did not give David into his hands. Now Saul comes out to kill David, and it says this, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Isn't it great that we have all these little ones up here and all these little ones out there that can walk with you to help you find your strength in God? I don't want to go to church today. Church doesn't do anything for me. Maybe it's because the church is there for you to do something for a whole bunch of other people. Maybe the church needs you to listen and to love and to encourage and to support so that when you come here, it's me and you. How can I be present for you? How can I listen to you? Because me and Jesus, he's fulfilling me. He's reminding me. He's filling me with joy. So I might now be present for you. Or maybe you just come today because, man, you need for a good six people to be present for you. That's way harder, isn't it? Because that means you actually have to say, I could really use you today. Could you listen to me? Could you love me? Could you walk with me? That's just way too scary. How many of us won't do that? Raise them high. One, two, three, four, five. How many of you are liars? 
six, seven, ten. Okay. All right. So maybe what's happened is the more connected we are to Jesus, the more we get to live in this new resurrected life, the more we get to live in fellowship with our brothers and sisters. His way. Amen.